Hey guys, welcome back to the Pod of Greed, our third episode. Uh, you could call it episode three. Uh, I mean, it could be episode two. Episode one could have been episode zero. Just as a bit of an update real quick, by the way, I'm going to try to have this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify soon. It turned out I need to have three episodes, I think, for like the site I was using I to guess distribute that's it. Fair. Before you can like put it on Apple Podcasts or something like that. So after this week, it should be able to happen. And so we are we'll call episode zero episode one then. Yeah, and we are working on like a, a logo and some art and some other really cool things, but none of that's important. What's really important we're are also the stories. We're working on merch and a Patreon and a, okay, oh, we're, not we're, doing we're not doing those. Not yet. Hmm. <laughs> no, um, we'll start with the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff because there's a bit of it. But there's not like a whole lot of it. Yeah, I figure we can kind of just clump it all together. So first things first, they announced that they're doing a Seto Kaiba briefcase. Kaiba's briefcase so from the anime. Luggage. They they want to sell us luggage. Yeah. Have you seen this? I've seen the anime. Yes, Paul. Yeah. It's um, Mr. Kaiba is aware that many of you have looked on with envy at his magnificent solid metal dueling briefcase. In this briefcase, he held his rarest cards, including, of course, the three remaining remaining copies of Blue Eyes White Dragon. So, to celebrate the Yu-Gi-Oh's 25th anniversary, you'll now be able to order a magnificent metal briefcase of your very own. Okay, I gotta stop them right there because there's just some there's something that's a little factually incorrect there. Um, okay. Other than cosplayers, who was like I I see Kaiba's briefcase and I need that in my life. Like, Me. put your hand down. Yeah, I mean, I'm so th- yeah. This is something that the OCG actually had. Like they had this in Japan, I guess, like last year, year before or something. Oh yeah. Yeah, and now we're bringing it to the TCG. They actually released this cool video. They emphasize that it's a heavy metal carrying case and. The slats enable you to build um, seven long or 14 short rows for card storage. You get some Casey branded dividers, three English blue eyes white dragon cards with the original art in a solid display case, which can be left flat or attached with feet standard vertically. You could take the cards out of the display case for play if you want, but why would you? And you get three of Mr. Kaiba's cards never seen before. Attack guidance armor, life shaver, and a magical trick mirror. As playable cards? Yeah, as playable cards. These were never cards in the TCG before. So they have to be horrible then. I, that's, I, I mean, they're anime it. cards. So like, they have to be bad. You, you also get a quarter century secret rare Blue Eyes White Dragon. This is the planet artwork. So the tablet art was in... Oh, wait, the planet one. Yeah, I actually the like planet that one. one. I do like I don't, that I'm not one. as big a fan of the planet one. I always found it kind of... Kind of random. I mean, it's... Because like, he's just like standing. Out of nowhere. And he's in like, space. It's just but behind I mean, it's, him. It's cooler than that tablet artwork. <laughs> Boy, I hate the tablet. Yeah, and they have this little promotional video for it. And uh, all in all, like, cool product. Um, you, I mean, you know, you getting this? Man, This is look, this for you. you. Everybody that goes and gets that briefcase, just know we're probably only months away from Konami banning that product from tournaments. So... That's sadly true. Like, you know, they probably aren't going to let you actually, like, use the... Like, it's all fun and games, so you show up at round one of your tournament, your opponent shows up in their, like, Kaiba brief, their Kaiba cosplay, slams the briefcase on the table, and, like, flips it up, like... Oh, yeah, I should mention, so it's for pre-order. Um, it's going to be one of these, like, made-to-order products, which is to say that you can pre-order it for a short period of time, it might be, like, just this month. And uh, they will make as many as they get pre-ordered, and that will be like their one batch. And after Did you that, say how much it was? More. Yeah, it's three hundred ninety-nine bucks. Oh, I'm good. So, um, a couple of things just about that three hundred ninety-nine dollar price tag. 
I think in Japan it was much as closer to like three hundred dollars, like in yen. So we got a bit of a markup there, and also like I don't really know that this is like worth that much money. I mean, like I guess like the resale value probably will be. Will these be our rarest blue eyes white dragons now? Doubt it. Uh, well, I mean, like, in, in years' time, when they're not making this anymore, they'll be up there. But I still think that stuff like Dark Duel Stories, Blue Eyes, LLB Blue Eyes will probably still be higher. But um, even though this product is... Platinum Blue Eyes? Hmm. Good question. You're talking about the, the $1,000 one? Yeah. The ex- amazingly I, Also, I don't... That's not even, like, technically a Blue Eyes. Like, it's like a... Because it's not actually a card. That's true. It's not. It's not. That it's not said, a real I think that this card. is better because it's anime. Like it actually is based in something, whereas the platinum blue eyes is just kind of an arbitrary. Like, it's just a slab of like silver looking uh, blue eyes kind of thing. It, well, you don't making me blue. Of. I mean, anime things. I want the gun dual disc that you can oh, shoot the cards. They're not making that. It, you know, the platinum blue eyes. I saw one in person, or like. <sighs> A good picture of one, not like the promotional image, and see one in person. It was so good, it looked like it was in person. I didn't actually like it. Oh. I just didn't think it looked too special. I mean, I still wish I could have had one, I guess, but like, this seems like this is a little bit more like exciting for Yu Gi Oh fans. I know it's not worth it, but um, I mean, I've got my pre orders in. So. Say, every <laughs> every person who has ever cosplayed as Seto Kaiba, they need this. Yeah, you know? that's true. You, you, you it's like it. those uh, what Propica dual discs, the ones. That oh, the really heavy right. ones. Yeah, I had to wear like, one of those. I was not. If you're gonna cosplay, you gotta do it right. So that's a cool thing. Another little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh news is that they've started the Worlds campaigns for Master Duel and Duel Links. Well, Duel Links hasn't started yet. I think oh, Duel okay. Links is on the 19th. What's today's date? Today's the 18th. So when they, yeah, yeah okay. 19th. So soon after you see this, I assume. Um, so I know I can't speak too much to how like the Duel Links one works, but in Master Duel, it's basically like how they did those Duelist Cups mm-hmm. where you like kind of stage one, you get to Duel level 20 or whatever, and you get stage two, and then you just duel till you drop. Or whatever. Uh, it's a little... An- honestly annoying. Duel Links works the same way. Oh, Duel Links is the big, basically the same yep. thing. Yeah, so it's this thing where, like, you have to play and get points. And if you, like, lose, you lose points. You win, you gain points. And just at the end of the period, it's just top points person for their region gets yep. invited. Now, in Master Duel, it's going to be teams of three. So, so interesting. Yeah, so if you win, you get to pick two other people, which I thought was kind of cool. But, um... So, which of your homies are you going to bring with you to Worlds? Yeah, that's the real question. But they have to also enter the thing. Do they, so. Wait, do they also have to rank? They have to, I guess, have gotten to, like, the second stage. Okay. Well, that's not it's cool, though. I mean, you get to you, you bring some friends with you to Japan. I don't know how the 3v3 format will work at Worlds exactly. Friendships are going to end when, like, you bring your two friends and they cost you in, in the Worlds tournament. That That's funny. That, or if you're, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh! addict, what you could do is, like... Just tell them to play Master Duel. Like, hey, like I know you don't like Yu-Gi-Oh, but I can get you a trip to Japan. So uh, just like play this little Master Duel game, and you know. But now you have to. Not on all. But they have to you. get to like dual level twenties. They have to be. Yeah, I mean, if the grind doesn't grind bit. through the terror elements. <laughs> Hell, I mean, the Duel Links event I think is really cool. Just they're giving away like a free copy of their new structure deck, mm-hmm. which they've never done that before. That's kind of crazy. Are they giving away anything as far as the campaign? Uh, I think Master Duel, you get some gems and like a Blackwing full armor master. It goes with the Blackwing structure. Like they released the Blackwing structure, which is a cool product, 
But then, but like, you don't for, get the structure. But you don't get the structure. Yeah, you get like a royal finish, black wing, full armor. And master. you get a full armor master. Yeah, the card that's never been meta relevant. I mean, you know, if I you're a black wing player, because you know. Duel Links is giving the raging out eyes raging dragon, and that's never been meta relevant. Yeah, no, so I don't know why I'm meta. judging. So there's that, and then last but not least, uh, no ban list still. As yeah, of that's the time that of thing. us recording this at least. Maybe when you see it, it'll be out. But right now, it looks like Konami's still kind of just... Uh, Slendy Rock. Yep, just you guys don't get one. I think that... I know we talked about it a little last week. I think that the main thing Konami needs to do at this point is, like, just temper people's... Like, tell people when it's going to happen. Yeah. That, that's all I really think that... Like, I don't care what it gets hit at this point. I really don't. But, like, just be like, hey, guys, like, here's the date. You can expect it or whatever. Like, don't... Well, maybe they like the fanfare. All the people, like, wet with anticipation and going insane waiting for it. Yeah, the social media engagement's up. Like, you know, maybe that's a good thing for them. I don't know. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I just think that I would... I think that some more communication would be good. Because, like, what's going to happen... Uh, I tweeted this just earlier. Follow us on Twitter, by the way. Team APS. What I had tweeted earlier was, like, what's going to happen is this ban list is going to come out. Mm-hmm. And people are going to be, like, really excited and happy. And then just conveniently forget... That you spent the last two, three weeks, like, furious and, like, tense at Konami for not releasing it. Because they're suddenly forgiven because, like, oh, well, they did release it, so now we can talk about that now. But, like, there's going to ha- And then in, like, in three more months, when Bandless season is back, people are going to have the same, like, kind of like, oh, my God, Konami, they're just, they're just hey, I'm going to quit this game. It's like... Well, Bandless fever is something else. Yeah, it, it's a very... Anyway. So, yeah, it's not out yet. Uh, hopefully, maybe this... This week, next week, something. Hats are coming up, so. We'll figure it out. I think that's all in, in Yu-Gi-Oh! news, though. Um, oh, I want, okay, here's one last thing. An update to that story we talked about last week with the guy who rented the girl to play Yu-Gi-Oh! So, mm-hmm. not an update, but, like, something that we didn't mention in that one that some people informed me of is that the girl is now pregnant. Um, so, apparently, they've been, like. Is it with, but. Is she pregnant with the His Yu-Gi-Oh! Chi- player's child? Presumably. I mean, I, I didn't We're look too far. presuming things, y'all. Wow. Yeah, and no, I didn't look too far in the comments, but people just wanted me to mention that. So, I'm like... Saying, it's a rental girlfriend. I mean... There's... Well, it's. I think it's gone from rental to, like, it's a real thing. I think we're assuming that. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, I, it, it, that was the... That's the story. It's whatever in the comments. I'm not going I to... demand a DNA test. That. <laughs> They're on Mari. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, yeah, okay, I think that's all the Yu-Gi-Oh! news. Anything else that's... Well, we were just talking about the ban list, and that makes me want to bring up this this Magic the Gathering story. Oh, okay, let's hear it. So, Wizards of the Coast announced that they are cutting their ban list updates to only once per year. It'll be on a very a specific date, and it, that'll be an annual thing now. Just once a year, the ban, you'll get all the ban list updates that you desire for the year on that one day. Okay, here's a question. What was it like previously? It was it was whenever they felt like they needed it. It could happen. It happened sporadically and randomly. Oh, so it was like what Yu Gi Oh is now. Basically, yeah. Um, and they have so many formats, you know. So, like, how frequently was it on average? Do you know? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you about the average of when. Because I feel it, like if it was like so, the reason I ask is like you know, like in Yu Gi Oh right now, we get one like every like three months, right? I just so know people still were, going crazy on social media. If they were to suddenly. Be like, okay, you get one a year. That'd be a drastic change in frequency as well as an addition. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like if Yu-Gi-Oh! did the equivalent, they would need at least, like, two ban lists a year. 
Like, I don't I don't think you get players to do well with only one bang this year. I think no matter how impactful it is. I think it's just the nature of it's not even just like Yu-Gi-Oh players. I think it's the nature of like gaming these days, like where you know how like games have battle passes and like season passes and all these things where like it kind of resets like you get like patches and, and just things are supposed to update frequently. And people have a lot less patience around the idea that something is like degenerate or unfair or like overtuned. It's like I think I remember back when I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh, like, you know, two thousand nine, ten, and stuff, and like ban lists hey, were bro. just regularly. I'm I'm thirteen. <laughs> That's how. Uh, but ban lists were like March, September, and it was like rigidly March first, September first. That's when you get your ban list. I appreciated that uh, the you know expected kind of guaranteed. This is when it's going to come out, but also like I don't think that today that would fly for people because people get too impatient with formats too quickly but i mean our formats last so long we only really have no i mean they're three months but i but think they, like, they could afford to be longer i just don't think people can months, handle it but essentially you in a year we only have like two major like tier one decks that need to be dealt with in a year yeah so i mean maybe two band lists a year are really fine i don't know i think it wouldn't be so bad like in a way like to your point, I would say also, I think that we effectively do only get like two a year because usually there's like two meaningful lists and then like two not as <laughs> right. Like because you know sometimes we like always we, have those disappointing lists. those lists where everyone's kind of disappointed. It's like oh nothing really changed here. So if you look at it that way, huh? Maybe I don't know. Maybe uh, the one thing that's interesting about the magic, the Magic the Gathering kind of format is oh, there are multiple formats. Yeah, so what does this apply to? Standard? Everything. Mo- and they have plenty of formats. Standard, oh. modern, commander. And then there's all these, like, user-created ones. I don't know how they're banned. I mean, one. I guess they don't really even, like... Yeah, I feel like if it's a user-created one, that's probably more community-decided. They said that the very first ban list... They are getting their first annual ban list this year. And it won't... It's not going to affect their standard format, I believe. It will be affecting their other formats, I guess, because they've already had some type of a ban list forced in it format this year. Oh, okay. See, I thought that with the rotation or whatever, that was like, but I guess there has to be a list on top of rotation because there still could be cards. That yeah, need. things still get out of hand. Okay, it is what it is. It's an that's an old game, you know. Yeah, it's been around the block, so I guess I'll assume that they know what they're doing. I'd like to hear what Magic players' response to this news is. Yeah, but, uh, I, wonder, I wonder if they're like. Gnawing their arms off in like frustration. Are people happy or disappointed with this? My just based on how typical gaming news is received, not great. Probably not great. Just, <laughs> like any change in gaming, anything, it just means like complaints. Okay. Um, Actually, that really quickly that reminds me of the situation we had with like Overwatch One, where the game they slowed down updates so horrendously to the game that people just we we just stopped playing. Yeah, so I actually was going to bring up the Overwatch thing. Oh, no. Um, I'll, I'll save it to the end because okay. I, I guess we can get through more of our like kind of card gaming <laughs> tabletop news. But I do want to hear your thoughts on that because I know you're an Overwatch player. But I wanted, uh, I'm not happy. All right, so I have another thing. Okay. Uh, we talked about this before, uh, Lorcana, and my desire for you know adults to step aside and let kids enjoy these games more so than us. Right. Well... <clears throat> Disney Lorcana superfan spends 35000 on the TCG months ahead of launch. 
So this oh person, I can guess where this is gonna go. This person got their hands on exclusive. I think these are um, what 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 is the name of that Disney convention? D twenty three. Oh yeah. yeah yeah. He got his hands on the set of cards from D twenty three. Got them all graded as PSA tens. Oh okay. And. He's like sold it. So I guess he them sold whatever. them and they sold for thirty five thousand. Hmm. I mean, you know, it's always kind of weird when it's like a game that's not even out yet and like it already gets right. Like it, but because like, like to me, the 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 money doesn't matter here. What this guy did doesn't matter. It's just we're trending towards the typical here. Yeah, we're already kind of, even before a game is out, it's like we've already kind of decided, like, there's going to be cars that are worth, like, a bajillion dollars, and, like, we're going to kind of bring that... A charitable way to put this would be that, like, well, okay, it's... Like, these were exclusive cars that you can only get here. So, like, this isn't affecting a kid's ability to play the game or accessibility or anything. It's just a collector, you know, collecting and grading and kind of preserving it. So that's good, and I don't want to... Come across as yeah. So we don't hate bitter. all adults who yeah. play card games. On the other hand, though, I you know it just does make you worry that like will this be a trend of like okay, whenever a new set comes out, there's going to be people like hoarding boxes and like never opening them and just keeping them away from the kids at the card shop because that's really where the you know what I mean like that's where the concern comes. When in I for was me. when I found this story, I did some quick research to see I went to eBay, you know, great place to find the listings, and I found me- multiple. Like tens of thousands of dollars worth of card Lorcana cards being sold, and I was I was like, what? People are just getting these Lorcana cards and they're flipping them for like fifteen grand, and I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't even, I, that's that's first off, it's exorbitant. Yeah, there's not a Lorcana card that exists right now on this planet worth fifteen grand. I don't care what you tell me. I mean, there's barely a Lorcana card on the planet. Yeah, there's very few of them to begin with, and um. It's just here we are again, like putting so much value into these pieces of cardboard. Yeah, I think it's also there's this thing that I have where it's like you're prescribing value to something that's not that hasn't proven that it necessarily is worth it. Like let's say I'm not saying that Lorcana will fail, I'm not saying I want it to. I'm saying that what if it isn't like a big thing and then within the first year or two it kind of just disappears and like I think we're kind of assuming that it's going to be this huge boom and, like, that I got to get my hands on all this stuff first. But, like, when I think of maybe classic Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, or even some other card games, it's like, I think your card game needs to stand the test of time before you can just claim to have cards worth four or five-digit right. prices. And I don't think that you get to just do that beforehand. I know with One Piece, that was kind of a, there was, like, some $1,000 card maybe before that came out. I mean, like, Crystal if you want to... I know we're, we're we're price setting around here, and I, I just don't care for that practice of just sellers forget the a fairly exclusive card, and they're like, "Well, I'm gonna see if I can sell it for twenty grand. I'll see if I can sell it for fifteen grand." Like, so I guess they sold though, right? I guess some have sold. Some so have somebody, sold. So somebody does see that it as does work. lock in value. Mm-hmm. It's fine for and if you look at it as like these one-to-one transactions i think it's perfectly fine this guy wants to sell it for this much this guy wants to buy it for that same amount cool it's maybe more the sentiment or yeah, like the just, trend it could 
It just what it, it what you know, it what it means for the overall game. Hopefully, production of these cards are so high that that we don't have that. Yeah, we, that we of, can't really get. I hope so too. too I don't expensive want it, with it. I wouldn't want. I, and it's Disney Lorcana. Like I think they're going to make sure store shelves have more of this than you could ever hope to buy. But I remember with like Digimon's release. Oh, it instance, was such a nightmare where it was just so hard to get cards. And of course, I know everyone talks about it a lot, but like the Pokemon boom. Where just you just could not find the cards on shelves. So yeah. Well, speaking of um, card sales, I found this article from uh, ICV2's internal correspondence. It's the top collectible games from fall 2022, which might seem outdated to you guys, but it's kind of relevant because like that's usually you know, like sales are usually calculated per quarter, so it would kind of make sense that we would only just now be getting like, you know, some fall sales. We'll probably have like the spring sales very soon. But anyways, these are sales numbers. These are just charts of the top 10 hobby collectible games, um, top three mass market channel collectible games, and top five collectible games overall mm-hmm. that reflect sales from September to December. These are based on interviews with retailers, distributors, and publishers. Okay, so, so it's a very it's a low-to-the-ground type. Uh, so I thought that survey. we could make this kind of fun. Um, it's the top 10. I want you to guess them in order. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what do you think is number one? Number one, Magic the Gathering. It is Pokemon. <sighs> yeah, number one is Pokemon TCG. I, I was going to say Pokemon is my number two. What do you think is number two? Well, now I think it's Magic the Gathering. Okay, yes, it is. Okay. What's number three? Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, now here's where it gets hard. What's number four? Um, <sighs> so this is best-selling. Yeah, so that that's really about how they're performing right now, or I guess as as of last fall. So, I want my heart tells me to say the Digimon TCG, mm-hmm. but my brain says, I mean, what card fight Vanguard? It's actually Flesh and Blood, which oh that that completely that makes took sense. me by surprise. That makes sense. And then number five is Digimon. Number six is One Piece. Seven is Y Schwartz. Eight is Cardfight Vanguard. Woo! Getting that to be smoked by Weiss. Yeah, number nine is My Hero Academia. Number 10 is Soul Forge Fusion. What is that? Never heard of it. Oh, okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of an interesting list. So, yeah, Pokemon at number one. I think that's. That makes sense. Makes perfect sense. It's Pokemon. Number one biggest media franchise. People like the games, people like the creatures. They just got Scarlet and Violet, like, the games. So that mm-hmm. means that, like, there's probably a natural increase in interest in the card game now, too. So that doesn't shock me. Magic at number two. Um, this is interesting. I've heard Magic's been releasing a lot of products over the last so year or two. There's, like, so much to buy. So maybe that has at least partly influenced just this general sales because there's just so much happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yu-Gi-Oh! at three. So yeah, the big that- three are... The big three are the big three. Yeah, they're they're holding strong. Does it have any like uh, empirical data to like back? So that that's kind of what I was hoping for. I wanted to see more empirical data because, like, like I said, this is based on interviews with retailers, distributors, and publishers. I'd kind of like to know, like, you like, know, net, how they decided. Yeah, like either products shipped or like sold or just what are net profits. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Vanguard is as low on the list, given how old the game is. But I'm not too surprised, given. Just the player sentiment I've been hearing around. Yeah, and um, so 
That list is the hobby channel collectible games, which to my understanding, and somebody can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think that means like hobby stores, like at like game shops, hobby stores. Okay. There's another list that's like top mass channel collectible games, which I believe Walmart, is like large scale retailers. That actually changes the list slightly. So the top three are still the same. It's Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! But um, number four in that case is actually Digimon. And number five is One Piece. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen Flesh and Blood in a large... Yeah, I don't think I have either. Yeah. So, and then the overall ones is the same. Pokemon, okay. Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Digimon, and One Piece is the top five, like, overall. What about that one game that's name I already forgot? Now, Soul Forge Fusion... So... I don't know what that is, but I feel like I've read the words before. Like, I, I've seen it I feel like I have never somewhere. seen it. I don't know. Kind of curious on what that is. So, I'm going to look it up. You entertain them. All right, guys. So, I'm going to do a dance. Um, nope, I'm too tired. Never mind. Okay, Soul Forge Fusion. It is a hybrid deck game from the creators of Magic the Gathering and Ascension deck building game. Oh, so it's like alg- algorithmically generated half decks. Algorithmically? Is this like a digital thing? A CCG? But that wouldn't make any sense given what... Yeah, okay. It's a hybrid deck game for the Creators of Magic Gathering Ascension deck building. Algorithmically generated half decks uniquely printed just for you. Fuse your decks together and explore an endless array of strategies. Level up your cards and overwhelm your foes. Y'all, I have no idea what he's talking about. All right, I'm not going to even pretend to be informed about this, so... Cool. Those are the top five and top ten lists. Now I'm a now I'm a, I'm kind of obsessed with figuring out what that is now. I'm so confused. So, so where do you think here just kind of an interesting discussion point. Where do you think <coughs> Lorcana and maybe even like Battle Spirit Saga, I know that came out recently. Where do you think that they like find themselves in these like top 5 top 10 lists? So like do you think you will get about, a new number say, 4? Let's say this time next year, right? Right. Okay. So th- they'll both have some sets out. Uh, Lorcana releases in August, right? August or Lorcana is, yeah, like August, I think. So I will say that Lorcana probably takes a number four spot. Interesting. Bold call. Okay. I think be just because of who's behind that game, Yeah, it will hit. It is, it's going to hit stores. It's going to get in hands. I yeah. just, I fully believe that. Cheeks and seats. I, now, how if it will be able to sustain that? I'm just talking about this time next yeah, year. Yeah, like its first year. I think so. Lorcan is going to take the number four spot. That's the most flexible spot of the of the list. Yeah. Um, Battle Spirits. It's going to do a tango with One Piece and Digimon. I think. Yeah, they're all Bandai games. I don't know which one is going to fall, but they're not going to be able to like hang with each other. I think that yeah. You know, here's my call. I think number one stays Pokemon, number two stays Magic, number three stays Yu-Gi-Oh. Right. I think number four, at least within its first year, is probably going to be Lorcana. I think that Disney's marketing dollars will not allow <coughs> such a thing to fail. Mm-hmm. They're going to make sure that every kid knows about it and every parent knows about it and that you cannot miss it when you are at Walmart or Target or, like, wherever, right? You won't be able to miss it. And you'll see it on TV and you'll see it on ads and you'll see it everywhere. Um... If you want to reach out and sponsor me, you can check my email, by the way. Uh, something Disney. that's interesting. Oh, you're not even done. Oh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll finish up quickly. So I think that's number four. I actually think that, like, Digimon and Flesh and Blood kind of stay at, like, five, six. I don't think that that's going to really mm-hmm. change. One Piece, I'm not so sure about. It still feels like it, it's just new. And uh, Battle Spirit Saga, 
hasn't shown a lot of promise in numbers yet, so that that one might be lower. Not yeah. saying it's like a failure. But I had just, a you know. thought about Lurkana or Lurkana. I don't know how to pronounce it. Either way, um, of the big three, which do you find it most comparable to? Which do you think, what, who, whose niche do you think Lurkana could slide into? So believe it or not, so you're saying like between Magic, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. which one does Lurkana most directly maybe compete with? I think that the news and like press around it suggests Magic. I say Pokemon. I say Pokemon because, like, you know, Disney is kind of more of a family and kids, like, yeah. thing. Like, most of their properties. So, when you look at it that way, I could see it being, like, there's more crossover. In, like, the type of person who likes Pokemon might like Disney. Because either you're a kid and you play Pokemon, which, you know, that's a big part of Disney's audience. Or you're an adult who, like, probably collects Pokemon more so. But that would still mean that you're kind of in the prime demographic to uh, you know hit that the Disney nostalgia as well right whereas like magic it's I think I think people kind of assume magic is more of a like maybe not as like nostalgia driven and like kind of cartoony and family friendly but more just talk to an old magic player oh it is nostalgia I mean I guess they have the nostalgia so yeah, but that's uh, that's the rankings. Um, I'll by the way, I'm gonna start linking to these stories in the description of these videos. That the way, y'all show can notes. argue with the authors and not us. Yeah, so if like if this seems kind of dicey, you can you know see where we got our sources from. And this is not a um, academic podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We're not double checking and cross referencing our sources. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I saw, I saw some comments where people are like, "Oh my god, y'all need to research these stories more." It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to try to, like, make sure that I read everything. But, like, I can't, like, I'm not an expert on, say, like, when magic gets banned lists, right? Yeah. We or, don't like, want to tell any, like, crazy lies. Yeah, so we're going to try to, like, just spread outright misinformation. but Like a political campaign. <laughs> yeah. Vote for us for president. We'll bring Yu-Gi-Oh to number one on that list. Tee-hee. Somehow. <laughs> Whatever it takes. But, yeah, that's my story. All right. So, my next few, they're not really, like, card game stuff. Okay. But um, something that it upset me to read about it. The moment the moment I saw this story, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I thought this was dead. Oh boy! So Ubisoft announced that their Assassin's Creed NFTs are indeed coming. Those are still a thing. Like yeah. NFTs so are. Ubisoft they stopped talking about NFTs when. NFTs got that huge online backlash, and it seemed like a very toxic subject to talk about. But now, NFTs were still coming out. Yeah. Just like Ubisoft and other people like them, they kind of got quiet about it. Wait, so what are they doing now? So they're they're planning on releasing their new NFTs, and they're but they're not just JPEGs. Okay. They're calling these smart collectibles. Oh, so you do get an NFT, the non-fungible token, which is basically a picture or a 3D model online. But you also get a physical acrylic cube with a little 3D printed picture of Ezio and other Assassin's Creed characters on the inside. Doesn't that sound like you're getting your money's worth? Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I I guess, like... So I see why, why the story... Is like, actually, why is this a story? Like, I don't. I'm not saying like why did you pick it. I'm saying like why. It, like, what is? 
Because I just feel like, does anyone care about NFTs anymore? There's there is a group of people who still care about NFTs. Yeah. Oh wait, there's a little bit more about it. Um, oh, okay. So because you so you you have a cube right with a character. Right. Then there's going to be an app where you can download that you can download to activate the characters' digital souls, is what they call them. Then you can take them on a journey where they can complete achievements and level up your account and earn and unlock items, recipes, and loot boxes within the app. So they've essentially taken the annoying parts of Assassin's Creed and put it into an NFT like system. I have a question. Do they still make Assassin's Creed games? They're, spo- they're supposed to be making something new, uh, but I don't think it's an Assassin's Creed game. At least Ubisoft, they announced something. Well, I just I asked because it's like, I, I thought that, like, would anyone even... Oh, yeah, As- Assassin's Creed Mirage. There's an Assassin's Creed game. Oh, okay. You know, I liked the Assassin's Creed games when they were, like, new at least. Which one did you play? I remember I played one. I played two. I think that's all I played. But I liked them. They were, they were cool. Like, I think that, that was kind of back when it Black was... Flag. You played Black Flag? Yeah, I love that that's game. That's the only one you played? Yeah, it's the only one. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's understandable. I lied, I lied. I played some bad one on, like... On the Vita, I bet. Was it the Vita or, or the, the DS? It, was it wouldn't so, have been on the DS. It was, it was definitely a portable version. Yeah, I think... <laughs> what was the one on Vita called? Assassin's Creed? Like, oh, Liberation. Liberation. See, yeah, I didn't something. play that one. I wanted to because it took place uh, in New Orleans, but... Uh, that's interesting. I mean, like, I... Sorry to get, like, off topic from the NFT thing. It's just that I really don't... You don't even want to talk about I don't NFTs. even like. I, I don't know that there's much... At least in the collectible kind of card game world, like, I mean, like if I'm going to be collecting, like, card-esque things, mm-hmm. I actually just want physical cards. Right. Right? Like, I don't know. And I also think that if it's a game that I'm, like, meant to play, then I'd rather play your Master Duel or Magic Arena or Pokemon app or whatever... I just I don't want the weird cross section between them where it's like digital asset that you can't play like with, but also that you, that you don't own. I just I don't they don't I have mean, like a physical thing. So. What was it? Was it Ghost Recon where they're gonna have the NFT guns? I think you could actually use those. Oh, I remember that story. Isn't that better? I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, but so I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm can we just all be very thankful that NFTs did not make their way like more so into the art physical card game space? Like Give they tried. Time. I mean, they tried. Yeah. But they just, it's not. Like, like I could I'm, never see Konami doing it though. Yeah, I don't think Konami would. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they just seem think, adverse yeah, to trying anything. <laughs> yeah, but like, I feel like if they wanted money, like the Master Duel probably brings in so much money now for them. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like good on Ubisoft, I guess. Get your NFTs if you want them. Get your Ezio and I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Yeah, I can't stand Ubisoft. Ubisoft is <laughs> one of the worst. Ubisoft makes the best looking games, backed by some of the most annoying, like grindy systems and microtransactions that you could ever deal with. I mean, the, them and everybody, right? Ubisoft. But their games look so good. EA comes under a lot of fire, I know, for that. EA so. games don't look that good. But Ubisoft, though, Watch Dogs. Yeah, Watch Dogs. Oh, cool. Watch Dogs looks so that. good. Then I hated it. Uh, so, speaking of, I guess, the kind of gaming news stuff, Overwatch? Let's hear about that. Overwatch <laughs> 2. So, um, I don't have the story right in front of me, but I think like we all have probably heard the headlines. Is basically, they... They overwrought some of their devs that came out and said in this sort of video 
call meeting. It was like show. It was a video they posted on Twitch. Yeah, that um, the PVE <clears throat> mode. Actually, you can explain it. You know better so than me. The PVE mode, which was supposed to be the hallmark of Overwatch Two. Right. The whole thing we've been waiting on, the thing that makes Overwatch that kind of made Overwatch Two early access since it wasn't there at launch, has been scrapped as we know it. And I say as we know it because they still have plans of including some type of PVE content, but the sneak previews and the systems they detailed in in previous years is definitely not happening. Like that is so dumb. they. I see why this is controversial. They basically promised something, and they're completely canceling it. Not even yeah. delaying it. I mean, it's basically it's completely canceling gone. it. And for context, I don't know, if, Paul, if you've seen the gameplay, but they were promising this endlessly replayable PVE mode where you could play by yourself, you could play with your friends, where your characters had skill trees that you could you could customize their skills and upgrade them however you wanted. Oh, and so like you could do, like, replay it and kind of take different routes. Mm-hmm. And it would connect to the, the lore of the game, and it was supposed. It sounded like a dream, and yeah. it was. So what are they doing instead? So they've said they know that it's a persistent going- live game, so there's got to be stuff. Yeah, they're going to focus on PvP like they always do, and that's not going to change. Um, yeah. They did say that for the kind of retooling the PvE dream, there will be these story, these kind of story-based missions that are like co-op focused that you can play, but the whole progressive RPG elements, that's not going to be there, no. Oh, that sucks. So it'll. I'm my assumption, Paul. You haven't played the new Star Watch mode, but for you guys who have, imagine Star Watch just with a little bit more PVE and the exact same characters you know, with no changes. Yeah. So something that I thought was always like from the jump with Overwatch Two that was a little fishy was like, you know, early access that that label that moniker. where it's kind of like okay the game's an early access but it's basically really done like i mean the so there's three modes, battle passes during early access yeah the multiplayer modes like fleshed out and playable and stuff and then like they made the game free to play so like you can just download it mm-hmm. but you know you do need to get like a battle pass so you can if you want the cosmetics really, like do anything and new characters like, you know, get rewards for playing online it's just Reeks of modern video game company, like yeah. things that like you know will promise like this feature down the line. You know what it reminds me of? Halo. What was the oh, Halo we don't game? Talk about Halo. Halo. What's it called? Uh, Halo Infinite. Infinite or is that yeah? Where like they were, like they didn't have Forge mode at launch, and they said like, oh, that'll come later. It launched have... as a bare bones, just P- straight PvP game. Yeah, which we'll get to that in a second. It's like, so no Forge mode, but I know that's like a staple of Halo. I didn't even play a lot of Halo as a kid, but I knew about Forge mode. Just from going to friends' houses, everybody, you know, make your maps. It was fun. And it just feels like something that Halo couldn't launch without. Like, you don't launch a Halo game without Forge mode. That's, like, kind of what makes Halo Halo. Same with, like, the co-op campaign. They were like, yeah, the, the co-op campaign's just not. Nah. Yeah, we're, we're, we might bring it in the future or something. I guess maybe they promised that. But I'll tell you what we will sell you on a multiplayer game. Yep. We'll get you online. We'll sell you a battle pass. Like That's how so many games are now where it's, it's just like they these live online game services where they know that they can, you'll at least play that. And yep. in the case of Overwatch, I assume they probably knew that they weren't going to be, that they were like kind of pulling a plug on these PvE things months ago. 
Like, I don't I'm think sure. that this is something that I'm they sure. decided like last week. I think that they've known for a while, but they didn't want to sour the, you know, the sales, the the sales, the taste, and the appeal of you know, like, oh, it's Overwatch two. And my understanding is that Overwatch two's multiplayer is pretty fun. Like people don't, I don't really hear like, like people don't seem to hate that. Maybe there's like parts of we the aesthetics and the ranking, and but you know, people seem to enjoy it fine enough. And I think that they knew that announcing kind of a doom and gloom, like we're not going to do this thing anymore would like make people not want to. <sighs> yeah, that sucks. It's very annoying because, guys, I love playing Overwatch. I really do. And Overwatch, but I fell out of love during Overwatch 1. But with the promise of the PvE mode in Overwatch 2, I gambled on it. I said, you know what? I'm going to give it another chance. Mm-hmm. And I, I, be, I loved playing Overwatch 2's PvP mode. But that was with an expectation that there was more coming. Yeah. <sighs> well, My soul hurts. I mean, they, they're not the first company to do it. They won't be the last. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sad part. They won't be the last. So uh, we were talking a bit about NFTs, and we talked about the Kaiba briefcase. That actually made me want to bring up this Bioware story. Oh boy! Because well, no, it, this one's not not nearly as I'm bad as, as <laughs> so. So Bioware is selling a framed photo of Tali from Mass Effect. I don't know if you've played Mass Effect, but Tali, I have played the first. She's well, oh, and you've seen Tali then. She's one of your companions that you can even have a romance path with. And spoilers alert: you can you uh you do receive a photograph from her in the game. Oh, okay. All right, good. I, that's all I needed to hear. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, <laughs> you get, I was worried. <laughs> you, get a, you get a photograph from her in-game, and that's supposed to like be a symbol of her affection and your relationship. Right. Now, there's a whole controversy when in the initial re- release of the game. They had some generic stock image in the photo of some random woman. They're like, yep, this is Tali with her mask on. But then people oh, that was found, in-game? yeah. Okay. Then people found okay. the stock image that it was seemingly based on, and oh, it's like, no. so. <laughs> but they're selling. They want. They're wiping that whole memory away because they're selling a supposed, seemingly recreation of the picture that she gives you, but with an actual rendition of an unmasked Tali, and you can have it for thirty bucks in real life, not just in the game. That's cool. Um, I have questions though. <laughs> I guess I have questions. Okay. Uh so like <laughs> I don't know where to start. I, I promise I'm I'm not trying to like make light of like the fact that there are people who probably play this game and like they feel close to this character. But like why is this I mean why is this a product? Because uh, like, because Mass Effect fans Love their husbandos and waifus. So she's a woman, right? All right, relax. Well, we're no, not no, no, we're no. trying to gender people. Well, no, what I was... Wait, wait, is... is well, because... I'm trying to figure out, like, where to start. So, for so context, listen, I know in Mass Tali Effect, can only have a romance with the male With the male, shepherd. okay. See, that's what I wanted to know, because I was like, how... <laughs> Because I'm guessing in game the portrait is probably like your character and her, or is it just no? A it's just a, of her? it's just a picture of her because oh. she wears a mask yeah. throughout pretty much the entire game because yeah. of like germs and reasons. 
because I thought like I know with Mass Effect, you know, like, you customize your character, and so mm-hmm. I figured like okay, if they want to give you like a photo at the end of the game, they would just like kind of generate your character alongside her, and that uh, might. Be... She's giving you a picture of her unmasked face. Okay. It's a very deep sign of affection. This is pretty cool, I guess. It just sounds like I guess game merch, like a game but poster. What was interesting to me was uh, they could have made an NFT. I mean, they didn't, and thank God they didn't. <laughs> that, that wouldn't, I really wouldn't, because then what would make it unique? Like, because would you just, like, slightly, oh, you know what? Oh, my God. I'm like a game developer now. Like, one of those, like, <laughs> corporation people. I'm surprised that they didn't do a Mass Effect NFT push where, like, the NFT is your character from Mass Effect. Like, oh as you customize God. them. Because what else, because how else would it be unique? Like, if it was pictures of Tali oh, or whatever. Oh, they could even put your who you romance with in the NFT with your character. Yeah, like, the data's oh. all locked in, and it's, like, special. It's your personal Mass Effect story. Didn't the Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, I know there's, like, Andromeda or something that's maybe a separate thing, but, like, in 1, 2, and 3, do you carry over, like, your yeah. character? Through those, yeah, you, you carry your data over, you know, and that way that could kind of feel special. Like, so think you now it, support right? NFTs, no, <laughs> but like, if you think about it, right? Like, Mass Effect One came out in like what 2000 and like oh, something 10? Was Nine, I in college? 12, eight, eight, six? I, I don't can't remember. It, it, like, it's been a while, and then Mass Effect Two and the Mass Effect Three, and so like. I guess for somebody who's like played all those games and they've had like the same Commander Shepard or whatever throughout their entire experience. And there and is going to be a Mass Effect 4. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they've romanced different people and like had different things and made different choices. It would kind of feel cool to immortalize your Commander Shepard. Right. Right? Like that might be... I don't think that needs to be in the form of NFT per se, but I'm just... I think that would at least be something that could feel unique not like a fucking reskinned you know, gun from whatever the game was that had the, the guns that you. I mean, I, that might have been. What was that? Tom Clancy? I think or something? it was Ghost Recon, but yeah. it could have been another, a different game. I'm not. Yeah, see stuff sure. like that, which is like these procedurally generated textures on guns. Like, I don't know. Hey, come on. Man. I don't care. Free skin gun. That's like at least fun. if it's something that has like your decisions and like your experience tied to it. Maybe there's. I still don't like NFTs, but I mean, like at least there could be more value there. I don't know. But uh, I do think there's something interesting about the idea of giving players, giving viewers a piece of that world to have, like physically. Like, I, the yeah. Kaiba briefcase thing, it's something that he used in the anime. And by buying it, you get a piece of the anime. You have it now. It's kind of like with all these Pot of Greed things, which wasn't, well, these pots weren't in the anime, but this one was. Yeah. The um, Getting this photograph makes it feel like Mass Effect was real. Yeah, I suppose so. You get like it's, a, a in, in a weird team. way. It's kind of like a a payoff for having done what you've done. Now, sadly, anyone can buy it. You don't actually have to have completed that romance story or much of anything. You can just buy. Yeah, it. They, that's the part that gets me a little bit. Like, a little but hey, weird, but. the NFT version could be connected to your account. And okay, well, yeah, yeah, you want that? You want to get it? Yeah, NFT? sure. All right, Sign he's on, right he's up. on board, y'all. So I'm here right up. Um, cool though. What else we got? So Alec brought the stories today. I, I got a, I a few gaming things. So I don't know if you heard they announced a new Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that was like yesterday or not yesterday. It was a few days ago. It, it was a few days ago. I heard about it only. The other I haven't day. seen the trailer, but I heard it's quite gruesome. Well, that's every Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but uh, this is Mortal Kombat one. Oh, they're doing the thing where they, like, kind of 
go back and yeah, like we rebooting call it one. It. It's kind of a reboot esque yeah. thing. So, you know, Mortal Kombat has had plenty of games, and now with this latest iteration of the game, which I was really hoping they'd announce a new Injustice instead, but hey, it's whatever. I'm gonna let it go. Wait, did the same people make those? Yes. Oh, okay, I didn't know. And it felt for a while, it felt like they were going to do. If there's a new Mortal Kombat game, the next time there'll be a new Injustice game. But Injustice has not had an Injustice 3 announcement. Though there's been hints that there will be one, it just has not happened. But anyway, Mortal Kombat 1 has reimaginings of the characters. So it's not just a clean reboot where we're just going to take the same characters and just throw them back in again. They're the same characters, but they specifically said there'll be reimagining of the characters. And in the trailer, you can even see they do look different. Okay. And my uh, my ex- my expectation is that the story of Mortal Kombat will be different this time around. Hmm. I so I don't know a lot about Mortal Kombat, but I can say <laughs> that between this and then Street Fighters coming out this year, like here mm-hmm. in just like a, less than a month, can't wait. Oh, the beta. Yeah, I know the beta is going on right now. Is this Mortal Kombat game coming out this year? Uh, yeah, actually, which is crazy to me. And then Tekken's coming out this year. Yes. Th- that's kind of crazy. Like, three... Oh, these, like fighting we... game, these fighting games, they don't want to give anybody an advantage. Well, I feel like there was a period of time where, like, fighting games... I don't want to say they were dying. That's kind of doomer. But, like, I remember a period where, like, it was kind of a bit of a drought of new fighting games. Because, like, Street Fighter V... Um, and, by the way, I am not a, like, fighting game aficionado, so... He plays Melee. Forget, you know, if my facts are wrong... Uh, Street Fighter Five came out like 2016, and you know, so that's like a seven year gap. And I saw like with some of these games, they've been like kind of vacant years, um, where stuff just hasn't really dropped. So it's cool to see like three different games right. all re- coming out basically probably within months a, of each it's other. It's a trend with the fighting game space. With the move towards season passes, these games they. They get development time and they last much longer than they used to. Yeah, that's probably some would idea. say too long, but we're not. Only some people say that. Yeah, that's interesting though. I mean, I didn't know that. Like, what Mortal Kombat's? Uh, like, I don't. I don't know enough about it. I guess to be well, specifically now, excited. You can get but it at I the could, ground floor. Yeah, I guess I could like start from Mortal Kombat One and now like learn who. They've already announced that they'll be returning. These people, Liu are. Kang, Katana, Melina, Raiden, Kung Lao, Scorpion, Sub Zero, and Johnny Cage are all confirmed to re- return. And these are fan favorite characters. Paul, you can get in right now, or at least like this winter or whatever, oh, or whatever yeah, it yeah. comes out. Not, yeah, not right now. I think it says. I think it said in August, uh, September nineteenth. You know, I also would be really cool. A Yu-Gi-Oh fighting game. That would be fun. That would be pretty fun. You know how, like, they have them in Jump Force, and, like, they kind of Yu-Gi fights with Dark Magician Girl and stuff, and, like, Kaiba fights with Blue Eyes. I don't know. That could be kind of neat. I, I would play that. I would play the hell out of that. I you know how like, many characters and monster combinations there are? I would play that over Cross Duel. Like, oh, my God. That'd be so cool. You could have it as an arena fighter like Jump Force was, or, like, even a 2D fighter. You can even get off the like the Naruto Ultimate Ninja thing where they have like fifteen Naruto's. You can just have like Yugi with Dark Magician, Yugi with Dark Paladin, Yugi with Slifer. Yeah, you know, because like you're not playing as the duelist, you're playing as their monsters, but like you're still the, the, duelist. the duelist has to like show up in some way. It's like Pokemon. It would be funny to have Smash like Bros. Taya like ball up a fist and punch Yugi directly in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It would, who would be who would be this character in that? Like if it was actually the characters fighting. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, probably Kaiba because he, he's supposed to know like self all these self defense things. I and, mean, like, if we're just looking at the original Yu Gi Oh, I mean there there are characters who seem who seem like pretty proficient in combat. They just don't throw hands. Yeah. Now if we're not, then we know who it is, right? You say it's you say. Have you seen the you say like, throw hands with? Have you anybody? seen the videos lately? Like there's like this one gif where it's like it's only the Japanese version of Five Ds where he just like it's like a security guard. Yeah, he straight up bodies them. Like I don't know where it's what like episode or is from, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like these different characters take very different approaches to like solving problems. Like you say, like throws hands and like Yugi sends you to the shadow realm or whatever. Plays a shadow game. Now Jaden, as the supreme king, will damn your soul. <laughs> Yeah, although early GX would be just James like, hey, chill, man, let's duel instead. We're just going to duel to solve things. Okay, but yeah, uh, cool. new Mortal Kombat. I'm... Oh, one last thing about that. I I do have one kind of worry with the new Mortal Kombat reboot. A concern, you said. Yes, so we did have the new Mortal Kombat movie. What was that, last year or the year before? That was a year before. Year before last year. I actually year. wanted to see that, but I didn't see it. I'm worried that... They will try to tie this new timeline of Mortal Kombat with the movie timeline to create this multimedia cinematic universe oh, thing. Oh, kind of have a whole thing. It could, they could, and it, don't get me wrong. It could be done well where it's now the new big thing, but it also could be done. Yeah, badly. there's always a little bit of a concern with like properties, you know, leaning too much into like their movie versions and things like that. So. You know, some things we don't want to see. Cool. Okay. You got more? Uh, now, this one's not gaming related. Uh, I just thought it was an, an interesting story. Uh, the headline reads, Entire class of college students almost failed over false AI accusations. Oh, okay. I saw this story. <laughs> so, yeah, this is where... Well, you, oh, no. What yeah. you got? Well, what I saw is that the class... Uh, the professor assumed that the class had all used like chat GBT or whatever to mm. write their paper or something or take some exam. And I think it was to write papers. And so he did like one of those like reverse AI recognition things where like, I guess you can plug it back in and chat GBT will let you know if it thinks it's like, you know, AI generated or whatever. And I guess it said yes. And so the professor failed them all and well, at least or to tried to fail them all. And now they're like the diplomas are being withheld until like it's all resolved. But like, because I, I when I read it, the because I read the uh, professor's email, and there was just there was a problem with the logic of his argument. What was his argument? I don't that when he when he fed them into Chat GPT and asked Chat GPT if it wrote them, it said yes for all of them, but that's because it will say yes to all of them every time. Chat GPT doesn't have a memory. It doesn't actually know if it wrote something. Right, like, yeah. It will just say yes. I mean, I guess it, it can know if it wrote something because it's there's probably like a, 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 a repository of like... See, allegedly, there is no like cached memory. That each of those instances you can have open of chat GPT are siloed and they don't connect to anything. Allegedly. I, I could be wrong, but that was my understanding. Yeah, I, I mean... It's kind of, I don't want to turn into like too big of an AI discussion thing, but I will say that as in regards to stuff like this, where like it's really disrupting what like schoolwork 
is supposed to kind of look mm -hmm. like? Like, should should you just be able to use ChatGPT to write your essay for you? Should you be able to use it to like brainstorm things for you? Or are you supposed to co like collaborate and cooperate with AI, or are you supposed to kind of like, or is it strictly a cheating thing? There's there has to be an answer yet. in the middle somewhere. I I think if I was a teacher right now, it would probably be good to integrate stuff like ChatGPT into the classroom more so than. Because I think if you just try to deny it and just say like, you know, no, right? Like you y'all aren't gonna use this stupid new technology. Like I'm gonna stop you. Well, like, I think you'll, you'll be chasing your tail. You're chasing your tail, but also you're not preparing your students for like the reality, which is that like yeah, ChatGPT is like a tool that's going to be used more. You mean and like in my accounting class where we weren't, we couldn't use compute uh, con computers or calculators and I had to write everything by hand. Yeah, it feels like antiquated. That's that's true. Yeah, I uh, I do I do think that like if you're te like I, I know that some teachers are older and they probably see this as like a cardinal sin or whatever of education, but and and don't get me wrong, like I don't, I'm not like I know like there's a kind of a team AI team not AI. I'm not like saying you know like let's replace everything with AI, but I am saying that it's for students right now. It would be better for them to learn how to use it and how to recognize it and how to like kind of work with it than to just be barred from it because then they're just going to they're going to go to the length they need to to get access to it right right i've seen on like college campuses they try to like ban it from the wi-fi networks on campus people yeah, can always still use enough. their phone they can always go off campus there's always like vpns and stuff like there's ways around these sorts of things so yeah this this comes across to me as maybe a bit of a boomery teacher who's i mean but immediately assumed who isn't a boomery teacher when this technology so wasn't in the mainstream way. last year like it's mainstream now and you as a professor now you just have to try and you have to adjust to this technology you've never used before you're not even you yourself are not even sure what's the best way to use it what's ethical what's not ethical what would you do if you 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 strongly suspect that these essays that your students submitted are ai generated but you don't have any proof what are you going to do like what's what is Alex solution. All right. Um, so they've already, the essay's already in, and I think they're all cheating, right? Yeah. Um, I will write an email saying, hey, so I think uh, multiple of you cheated on this on this uh, essay. So uh, you're going to come in and write it in front of me. Oh, okay. So that's it. That's something that I've heard a little bit about, too, is like some professors are having basically students do the drafts of their essays in class now. Mm -hmm. so that you know you still have to show that you're able to write it and then like so that's something i've heard i don't know how but that... uh i guess but at this point in the school year it's probably too late to get them to write a full essay and then have a grade in time so I, what i would do is i would have them ex come to me and explain the concepts of their of whatever this assignment is and i will pass or fail them depending on how Based well on they it. understand the subject matter that's clever it's not, I'll probably still end up getting in trouble over it, but as best it's I can think of. It's probably a little impractical though, because then like there's a lot more time spent on yeah on doing that. But I mean, but, I mean yeah, but if that's I mean, I the alternative. Something that I was also thinking when I read that story was like, uh, so these students are using, or he assumes they're using chat GPT, and now like the diplomas are held, and there's like a big just investigation in the whole thing. I did check, and uh, they actually did update to say that no students were failed or were barred from graduating. Interesting. Good for them. I'm glad you mentioned it because here's my thing. You know some of them did cheat. 
Yeah. And, and that's the thing. So, like, <clears throat> while I'm going to assume that maybe some of them didn't, and, mm-hmm. and sorry, I won't even use the word cheating. We'll say use, you know, ChatGPT for, for help. Not going to say cheating. They use it for help. I'm sure some of them actually wrote their own essays. And it would have really sucked if they, you know, they kind of came under fire for this whole thing because it sounded like the whole class was basically accused. So for the people who just straight up wrote their essay themselves and did all their research, good for them. They weren't guilty, we'll say, and so they got by. But then it's like, well, some people just straight up threw that shit in chat, GBT, and, and, just re- and that's what they turned in. And, like, they're getting by completely on that. And there so, was a confirmed case. One, there was one confirmed student who did use chat GPT, but the... It's, they did not, uh, let's be clear. One student had used chat GPT in that class, but the claim is that they didn't use it for that final paper. Yes, they did. (laughs) Yes, they did. Like, let's, I mean, come on. I'm I'm not. They even said there's one student who had never even heard of chat GPT. That doesn't surprise me. I'm sure there's always like a couple. There's always someone you know, underneath the rock. Somebody's a little more traditional, but I told my mom about it just this past weekend. Yeah, my mom knows a little bit about ChatGPT. It's interesting because like it's something where everybody, no matter what age you are, you'll kind of eventually just it'll seep its way into something you do. Um, I can't wait for my mom's an elementary school teacher. I can't wait for my mom's fourth graders to start trying to use ChatGPT for their homework. They're gonna come. They're gonna show up with these like assignments written in ways that fourth graders can't even write, like using words they literally they yeah. just do not know. Well, but you know what though, on ChatGPT you can actually like have it simplify things down. I don't know if a fourth grader would be. No, I don't know if they know to how do to that. do that. But once they they only need to hear to do it once though. That is true. Because like once I they know, they know. Early on, like there were people who were like, okay, ChatGPT explain rocket science with an IQ of like three hundred, and it just can like go into extreme detail. But also, there's a plane going over us, by the way. I don't know if you guys might hear that. These are some crazy mics if they can. Maybe. But also, um, you can have it be like, okay, explain it with an IQ of like 100. Explain it with an IQ of 50. Explain it with an IQ of 10. And like it can actually... What is an IQ of 10? I can't imagine that. Because I think the question wasn't rocket science, but it was like, you know, explain why it rains. And so you can get really granular and in-depth with something like that. But I think when you asked it to like explain it with the IQ of 10, it was just like... Cloud gets wet, waterfalls. Sky angry. Yeah, sky angry. Like, <laughs> but it can. And so it's kind of interesting if you think about it. Like, even if you're like a fourth grader or something, you can kind of just say like, hey, you know, explain this concept. But like, you know, from a fourth grader's point of view or, you know, kind of a kid's point of view. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, that could be that could be interesting. I, I hope that one day she comes to me with a story about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I'll let you guys know if she does. Any teacher that's going to be like a, an elementary school kid, there's going to be a story. So, But yeah, that's actually, that's my last story. Okay, cool. So I decided that I wanted to go through a few of the things people wanted us to talk about in the comments. We'll kind of rapid fire them. Um, this is us drawing from the pot of greed. I have to apologize in advance. I did not get the like paper strips I wanted to have, but is your hand actually stuck in there? There we go. Okay. The angle was bad. So what, what what I will do, I decided, instead of actually doing paper strips, I'm going to get old, like, common cards we don't need and just write the prompts on, in Sharpie. Oh. And, like, that way it's like I actually can draw the card. Look, guys, they, we, 
I'm just going to end that whole conversation right now. There are some cards in this game that are better off being trash, and you know it's true. Yeah, there's, there's some pack filler in Yu-Gi-Oh. So um, something that somebody wanted us to talk about is, um, let's see, like, what's a good one? An old Yu-Gi-Oh story that, like, from your childhood that you remember. Anything uh, good, anything juicy? I thought of one the other I day. haven't even... But I feel like I've told my only stories. What you got? They might not know. Well, so mine is the story that I have. I've got two. Um, there's the Blue Eyes second grade teacher story mm-hmm. uh, where basically when I was in, I think it was second grade, um, I remember getting like my second Blue Eyes white dragon. This is a big deal because I'd gotten started at Kaiba when I was, you know, maybe like, maybe like six or seven or something. And I got a second blue eyes. I don't remember how I'd gotten it. Maybe I'd pulled it from a pack or I'd gotten another structure deck. Or I'd traded some kid. And so I brought it to school to show these other kids that, you know, because like, there's a couple of us. We played Yu-Gi-Oh! We'd bring our cards. And so I was showing it in class, you know, curse me. And uh, teacher took it, took my blue eyes. And she was like, uh, yeah, like, you know, you're not supposed to have this in class. And... At the end of the day, because normally when kid, when teachers would take things, you just get it back at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I asked her, like, hey, you know, where's my blue eyes? Um, and she's like, what blue eyes? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I never had the blue eyes back. It's not a, like, deep story. It just sucked. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> it it that, really was awful. not a pleasant experience. So, um, I, I yeah, had a, I hate um, you, Mrs. Second Grade Teacher. <laughs> you took my blue eyes. That reminds me of one of my um, kind of elementary school Yu-Gi-Oh! stories. Um, what it was right when the illegal god cards came out. I forget in what how they came out, but a kid at school had the red back cipher the sky dragon, and I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I offered up everything I had to trade for it. No, the the kid was he he didn't want to give in, but I wore him down. And I got him a trade. I got him a trade the card to me. I forget what I offered in exchange. It probably wasn't worth it. Oh, in hindsight, anything I offered would have been worth it. Those, but anyway. So I hear through like the kid grapevine. It must have been maybe my second class of the day or the third one, whatever. That oh, oh, so and so wants wants a trade back. I was like, he wants a trade back. Yeah, that was that was a no go as a kid. I don't want to trade back, but when our school trade backs were a regular thing. So if someone wanted to trade back, you you honored that. But I didn't want to honor that. So I got myself in trouble in class so that they take away my recess. Like I literally disrupted a class so I would get detention so I wouldn't have to go to recess and have to see the kid who wanted the trade back. And that worked. Mm-hmm. I had the tension. I had to do with. I forgot what I did. I had to stand by the wall. We had a wall. You had to stand at. That so was I stood detention. by the wall. You yeah. Stood at the wall. Stood at the wall. We had a, we had a fence. Yeah, you had a fence. A wow. recess. But anyway. Anyway, so I stood by the wall for lunch, and I was like, okay, the next thing I have to get through is when we get picked up, because you know we all go to like the back of the school, and our parents will pick us up in this big, uh, kind of looping parking lot. If I decided when the school when school got out, I went to the bathroom. I was like, okay, if I get to stay in the bathroom until like my mom who who would pick me up back then? I think it was my mom. When my, when my mom shows up, then I'm good. I said like 
make a beeline straight to that car and yeah, I'll be and safe. Once you're in the car, you're good. But I didn't know when she'd be there because my mom's a teacher. And sometimes she could get off early. Sometimes she couldn't. There was no telling when my mom would be in that line. So I stayed in the bathroom for as long as I felt like I could risk it. Yep. And then I came out because I was like, oh, I gotta, I have to go. And my one, my other hope was that his parents would pick him up before them. But see, we also had this concept of aftercare. Not many schools have it, but we actually would be. You could get uh, a teacher would stay back and watch the kids whose parents got off later in the day. Sadly, he was one of those kids who was an oh, aftercare. So there, was no... there was no escaping him, and he catches me in the. Uh, in the area where we get picked up from, because he knew I'd have to be there. And he's like, I want to trade back. I tried to I tried to convince him that it was a it was a good deal. I tried to convince him that this isn't what he really wanted. But like kids, you know, our kids are, we have certain ironclad rules that we have to follow. So I did honor the trade back, but very saltily. I was not happy one bit. <laughs> Yeah, my only story with like a god card because it feels like it's always about a god card. And those there was cards a kid, were special. There was a guy. It wasn't a kid, but when I was a kid, I used to go to Books a Million. It was a grown man. Mo- I think so, actually. <laughs> I used to go to Books a Million uh, most weekends. My parents would take me at least, so not every weekend, but sometimes. And like people would play Yu Gi Oh, and there was like I think there was like the official you know Yu Gi Oh kind of local store thing. Mm. Well, anyways, there was some guy. He shows up one day and he's selling. Um, or claiming to be selling a winged dragon of raw. A winged dragon of raw is for seven dollars a piece. And while I know you guys now might be thinking like, what a what a bargain! As a kid, seven dollars is a lot. Yeah, it's like, the, it was quite easy a to lot. come by. Um, in it's seven snacks in the machine in the vending machine. Oh, like fourteen. You remember this is 2003. You was getting the 50 cent snacks. Yeah, it was like 2003. I had to, dude. I had to get the dollar snacks, the honey yeah. buns, and the, oh, well, we know now man. they're two bucks. Yeah, or three. It <laughs> depends on where you go. Uh, so he's selling these these bras, and I was begging my mom to let me buy one because like it was also kind of late, like it was like around like you know five or six, and so I was gonna have to leave soon. And he's like selling these; it was kind of starting to clear out, and she just refused to let me buy it. I don't know whether she didn't even really give much of a reason other than like, no, you're just not buying the card. That's how parents be. That's sometimes. just how parents are. And uh, so I was pissed. And I was upset, and like I was like going home in a hissy fit because I didn't get to buy like <laughs> one chance I'd have it an Egyptian god card. He showed up the next weekend. He was banned for selling fake cards. Ah, uh, so mom had a maybe had a bit of a yeah, you were spared that there. one. But yeah, um, also this is not an old story. This is something that I realized the other day. Just a random Yu-Gi-Oh tidbit: the card Fusion Duplication. I might have mentioned this. There's a trap card called Fusion Duplication in the newest set. Oh, okay. Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, and it's got a magical scientist on it, and he is in a sort of lab researching or trying to duplicate the packets of Ready Fusion, which I don't know, as you, you go, people may or may not know, Ready Fusion, you know, kind of the nerfed instant fusion that can only summon vanilla monsters. Retrained. They've turned the instant fusion cup noodle into now like a pack of noodles, like a, a ramen packet. I called them an MRE. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that that was kind of cool. And then you can also see the Insufficient Cup in the background. And it's all, like, it's information that no one will care about because no one's going to play Fusion Duplication and, like, no one looks at these cards. But I just love when, like, you look at a Yu-Gi-Oh card and, like, there's just some little neat thing. Right. Especially, like, with the banned cards. It seems like they all, even though they're banned in-game, 
they still have like lives and they're still doing things and yeah, you know, they're not dead. They're just banned. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. I know because Magical Scientist was in Rare Hunters and I was very yeah, upset. Played a lot of Magical Scientists, so. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think that's all I've got. You got anything else? Any cool? I'm tapped stuff out. That's going going on. All right. Well, um, we are still kind of in the experimental phase with this podcast, so we're still yeah, kind of trying to have the cars to put in the pot. Decide on a structure, but we will feel it out as we go. Like I said at the beginning, um, we're working on it. We're working on mm-hmm. like kind of a logo, some art, some things. What we were thinking maybe is like we kind of start off with a lot of the Yu-Gi-Oh and card game stories, then kind of move into the more niche. Like kind of just it's like gaming, gaming or whatever stuff. tech kind of stuff things we we like to talk about because we just don't we, we do, we're not just card game people contrary to popular belief and also um, my mother was a Yu Gi Oh card and my father was a other Yu Gi Oh card my father was a deck box <laughs> deck I don't box. know um, and then at the end maybe is where we could do some sort of viewer suggested topics and we'll just ask for those topics like the day before we record or something like that that might be a good situation yeah. you guys can let us know what you think about it cool. Uh, I guess that's going to be it. All right. Uh, this has been the Pot of Greed, episode three. Yeah. See you guys later. Past turn. Past turn.